You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Philippians chapter number three, when you find your place there, if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the word of God, Philippians chapter number three. We'll begin reading in verse number 7. We'll read down to verse number 10. And just to give you an update, the vote was unanimous on 146 votes for that. And so we're looking forward to that project there and having a chapel over at the school and lunchroom. And praise the Lord for that. Philippians chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse number 7. The Bible says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And then verse number 10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We pray you'd speak to us from your word tonight. And I pray that the word of God, once again, I pray that it would come alive. I pray that it would minister to our hearts and to our souls. I pray that uh, we would hear, but may it not stop there. May it work in our hearts and may it change us to be Uh, more and more like the image of Jesus Christ every single day. We pray your blessing upon the preaching of your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And I keep meaning to say it, but Deborah, we're so glad to have you and your family here with your dad. And uh, you folks are a blessing. You were under the tent, but I missed you last time you were in the building. So we're glad that you're here. Philippians 3, I started this morning the series, and the word we looked at this morning was the word rejoice. And I believe if we're going to run the race, if we're going to please God, I think we're going to have to do it with some joy. Uh, Joy is going to keep you going. Uh, Rejoicing is going to be the fuel uh, that that just keeps you going when the times get tough, when the discouragement starts to settle in, uh, even when things just kind of get kind of mundane. Have you ever had days like that? Or have you ever had weeks like that where you thought, man, I just don't, don't feel like it? Well, you're going to have that, but you know what keeps us going is the joy of the Lord. Uh, Just rejoice in the Lord and all that He's done, all of His blessings. And we said this morning, just rejoice in salvation. Rejoice in the fact that you're saved. Uh, When you're having a bad day, just remind yourself that the worst day for a child of God is far better than the best day of an unsaved person. And uh, God has been good, and we've got a lot to rejoice about. Tonight, I'd like to draw your attention to another word, and it's the word realization. We touched on it this morning, but Paul warns the church at Philippi in Philippians 3. He said in verse 2, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. He says, for we are the circumcision which we worship God in the spirit. Praise God for that. It's a good thing to do. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. And then he says this, and we have no confidence in what? The flesh. You know what the flesh is? 
The flesh is the old nature. The flesh is the sinful man, and we all have it. You say, oh, no, not me. I've been saved. Well, guess what? When you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, but you still have an old sinful nature that you have to deal with every day. Galatians 5 tells us how to, uh, to, to conquer the flesh and how to walk in the Spirit. It says you got to crucify the flesh. you got to put the flesh to death every single day, and you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. You get saved, that's a one-time thing. It's a great day that you get saved. But there's a battle, a spiritual battle that you must fight every day if you're going to have victory. If you're going to keep running the race, you've got to crucify the flesh. Paul says this, he says, I have no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4, he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. And he says, you know, some people boast about the things they've done. Paul says, let me tell you some things that I could boast about. Notice with me in verse number five. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was an Hebrew of the Hebrews. As touching the law, Paul says, I was a Pharisee. Well, who were the Pharisees? They were the religious leaders of the day. And Paul said, hey, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of, uh, of badges I could wear. I've got a lot of accolades that I could accept. But Paul said, I'm not putting any confidence in those things. That's not where my confidence is. Verse 6, concerning zeal. He said, I was persecuting the church. He wasn't just saying, yeah, we ought to do something about it. Paul literally went out and he led the way in persecuting the church. Why was he doing that? Not because he hated God, but because he believed that he was doing the right thing to persecute those that were preaching Jesus because Paul was still convinced at that time when he was Saul, he was convinced that you had to follow the law for salvation. And he believed that those early Christians, he thought they were preaching heresy because they were preaching Jesus and they were preaching forgiveness and they were pre preaching the grace and the mercy of God. And Paul said, I was zealous to try to stop that business. Notice verse number six, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul said, I was living such a way you couldn't find anything wrong with me. He said, you couldn't see, you couldn't see anything bad that I had done. Paul said, I was serious about trying to be a good person. I was serious about trying to keep the law. He said, I was blameless. There was nothing that anybody could say about me. I kept the whole law, Paul said. But notice verse 7. Paul says, but what things were gained to me? He said, those I counted loss for Christ. He said, all those good things that I had done, he said, those really didn't matter. Those really didn't get me any closer to salvation. He said, I counted those things but loss, he said, verse number seven. And he said in verse number eight, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness. He said, we're not talking about my righteousness here. We're talking about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
You see, our righteousness, Isaiah 64 says, our righteousness is like filthy rags. Paul said here, all the good things I've done, he said, I counted those things or I considered those things like dung. Uh, that word dung, obviously, I think we know what that means, but it has the idea of literally the rubbish, uh, the waste, the things that nobody wanted, the things that people threw out in the trash heap. Can I tell you, that's what our righteousness is. It's trash. Now, now hang on. Some of you say, oh, man, I'm trying to do good. And are you saying that that's, oh, no, no, no. Uh, the righteousness that we try to do in our flesh, that's the trash. The righteousness that we try to do under the, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, that's the thing that pleases God. That's the thing that Christ is looking for. We had our uh, ladies' luncheon uh, back in May, and uh, I was in the office that Saturday afternoon, and I, I looked out the window, and I thought everybody was done. I thought everybody was cleaned up, and I looked out the window of my office, and I could see there were some folks out by the dumpster. I thought, oh man, I thought everything was cleaned up. And so I began to walk out there and see if I could help. And I found uh, some of our, our, our fine members who had actually stayed and helped and done a lot. And they weren't throwing trash away. They were pulling trash out of the dumpster. And uh, I got brother uh, Nathan and I said, hey brother, I said, we need to go see what's going on out there. So we went out and we began pulling trash out of the dumpster. We were looking for a cell phone. And uh, thankfully... It was an iPhone, and thankfully we were able to use a watch, and we were able to ding it, and, and we could hear it in the trash bags, but we still couldn't find it. It was wrapped up in a tablecloth. It was, it was a mess. It was awful. Can I tell you, as soon as we found the phone, you know what we did? We got out of there. We put that trash back in that dumpster, and we said, we are done with this, and we went in and scrubbed our hands, and I was spraying air freshener and all that just to get that smell out. But you, you know what I'm, here's what I'm saying is that our righteousness, if you're counting on your righteousness and if I'm counting on my righteousness to get to heaven, our righteousness is like the stuff you dig out of the dumpster. That's what our righteousness is. And Paul said this, he said, I've done all these things, but all of those things, he said, it's just trash. He said, I'm not counting on those things to get me to heaven. He said, I'm trusting in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Notice in verse number nine, he says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Here's the realization. Number one, we said this morning, rejoicing. Number two, the realization. The realization is that we can place no confidence in our flesh. And I know this is a Sunday night crowd, but I want to remind you tonight, if you think you're going to heaven and you think it's going to be 50% Jesus and 50% you, I've got news for you. It's not going to happen. It's got to be all of Jesus. It's got to be all of faith. It's got to be all of his righteousness and none of ours because we are all sinners that have come short of the glory of God. The realization is this, that the flesh can have no confidence. The righteousness that we do is not enough to get us to heaven. You see, many times we boast in our righteousness because of pride. Many times we boast, and like Paul mentions here, he wasn't boasting, but he just said, if I wanted to, I could. But many times we'll talk about things we've done, 
and we'll throw it out there because we want people to glorify us. We want people to applaud us. But friend, I want to tell you, there's nothing good in us. It's only because of Jesus Christ and only because of His righteousness. That is where our confidence must be. Let me give you a few thoughts quickly about our confidence. Number one, we've already said it, but our confidence does not come from the flesh. Philippians chapter 3. Turn with me, if you would, hold your place in Philippians and turn with me to the book of Micah. Micah is one of the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament. Micah and chapter 7. I want you to see uh, this verse right after the book of Jonah. You'll find the book of Micah. Micah chapter 7 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Trust ye not in a... What's that word? Are you there yet? Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Can I say number one, you can't put confidence in the flesh because the flesh will fail you. The flesh will not be enough. Your strength, my strength, our abilities are not enough to please God. You can't put confidence in the flesh. But number two, you can't put confidence in a friend. Now that may sound harsh. You say, Pastor, you don't know my friend. We've been friends since grade school. We talk every day. And by the way, that's wonderful. Can I tell you something I know about your friend? That friend is human, just like you and me. And there will be times that friends will disappoint. There will be times that friends will let you down. I'm not saying it's intentional. There'll be times that I'll let you down and I promise you it's not going to be on purpose. But that's because we are human. We are flesh. And you can't put your confidence in the flesh. You can't put your confidence in friends or in people. Number three, I want you to turn with me to the book of Job. Job 31. You cannot put your confidence. Job says this, and he learned this by experience. But notice Job 31 and verse number 24. Job says, if I have made gold my hope, or if I have said to the fine gold, thou art my confidence, if I have rejoiced because my wealth was great and because mine hand had gotten much. Notice verse 28, he said, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied the God that is above. And by the way, Job had a lot of riches. How many of you know that? Job had a lot of riches. He was the, the richest man in all of the land of the East. And what happened to Job's riches? They were gone in one day. And Job said, God, if I've put my confidence in riches, if I've put my confidence in my finances, if I've put my confidence in stuff, he said, then that means that I've not trusted God who is above. Number three, you can't put confidence in your finances. You can't put confidence in your riches. You can't put confidence in the things of this world because the things of this world are temporary. But notice number four, turn with me to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, you say, well, where can we put our confidence? What can we trust in? We can't trust the flesh. We can't put confidence in friends. We can't put confidence in our finances, our wealth. But number four, Proverbs 14 and verse number 26, the Bible says, in the fear of the Lord, 
is strong confidence. Friend, I want to tell you, you can have confidence in the fear of God. Say, what's the fear of God? The fear of God is a proper respect and a proper reverence, and it is an adoration of God. And when you get a glimpse of God and you see how great God is, you realize that you can trust God. And you realize that he will never let you down. You can have confidence from the fear of God. And then lastly, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Ephesians 3 and verse number 12. I love this verse. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. You know where our confidence comes? Our confidence comes from our faith in God. This verse here, it's really talking about the fact that we can come boldly and have access to the throne of God's grace. Now I want to tell you, you say, wait a minute, I thought we're talking about confidence, and here you're talking about faith. What's faith? Faith is believing something without seeing it. Now, if I'm getting ready to step off of this platform and I'm blindfolded, I'm not real excited about that because I'd like to know where my foot's going to land. I'd like to know where I'm going. And you say, well, pastor, how can you have confidence in something that you cannot see? It's called faith. It's the same faith that saved you. It's the same faith that is what you and I are trusting in for eternity. How do you know you're going to heaven? I believe God. I believe his word. I trust him. Uh, how do you know how this world came into existence? By faith. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Were you there? No. Was I there? No. But we believe it by faith. And confidence comes from faith in God. So here's my questions, a few questions this evening. I want to ask you, is your confidence in God or is your confidence in your flesh? Now, it's easy to say, oh, no, pastor, I trust God. That, that, is, that sounds really good, doesn't it? So here's the question. What happens when something major comes into your life? Do you have fear or do you have faith? Do you trust the arm of flesh or do you trust the power of God? We talk a lot about prayer, but I'm afraid many times that's where it stops. We talk about it. But when we pray, we are showing God and we are showing others and we are showing ourselves that truly our confidence is in God. You see, there's a lot of things that we can figure out, right? There's a lot of things that we can work out. I remember my dad used to say that he said, you know, sometimes it's really hard to trust God because it's not in God we trust, it's in Visa we trust, you know, if there's an emergency or it's in uh, MasterCard we trust. Sometimes it's hard to know if we really trust God because you've got something maybe you can use to get you through. But I wonder if we really trust God. Do you pray or would you rather plan? You know, plans and, and the ideas of men and the strategies of men, they may work sometimes, but that's flesh. Prayer is trusting God. 
Do you wait on God or do you just work to try to get it all figured out? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't work. I'm not saying that a Christian shouldn't be busy. And you say, well, uh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to work a job. I'm just going to stay home and I'm just going to pray and check the mailbox every day. Well, I think it'd be a good idea to work every day and pray every day. But can I tell you this? Our confidence must be in God. Do you trust or do you just try? Try to figure it out and try to make things work and try to fix everything. Or are you willing to take your hands off and just say, God, I can't fix this. This is out of my control. This is more than I can handle. As a matter of fact, God, I've tried and I've not fixed it. I've broken it. I've made a mess of things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you've tried to fix some things in life and it didn't get better, it got worse. And you finally take it to the mechanic or you finally take it somewhere and they say, what happened to this? And you say, it's a long story, right? But do you trust or do you try? Do you have faith or do you trust the flesh? Paul said this, he said, if I'm going to press toward the mark, if I'm going to reach for that prize, and if I'm going to hear, well done, Paul said, I've got to have a realization that my confidence is not in me. He said, I'm running a race, but I'm not running in my own strength. I'm not running in my own ability. I'm not running in my own talent. I'm not running in all the things that I've accomplished. Paul said, I'm setting all that aside. As a matter of fact, I don't even, I don't even use that as, a, as an aid. He said, I count that as loss. He said, because I want to win Christ. He said, I want to know Christ. We see number one, the rejoicing. Number two, we see the realization. Quickly, number three, and I'll, I'll close with this thought. We see a relationship. I want you to notice that running the race of the Christian life is not so much about what you're doing, but it's who you are doing it for. And Paul said, the reason I'm running this race is not for Paul. It's not for me. He said, I'm running this race for Christ. Notice verse number Eight, he says at the end of the verse, he says that I may win Christ. He said, I want Christ's favor. I want Christ to be pleased with my life. Notice chapter three and verse number 10. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Can I tell you, that is power right there. The power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, that's power. Paul said, I wanna know that power. But then he said this, I wanna know the fellowship of his sufferings. That's painful. See, most of us, we want the power of his resurrection, but we don't want the fellowship of his sufferings. But Paul said this, I love Christ so much and I want Christ so badly. He said, I want everything that Christ has. If it's, if it's uh, sunshine or if it's rain, if it's heartache or if it's joy, he says, whatever life may bring, if I've got Christ, he said, I'll take it. Kind of reminds me of Hebrews 11, where the Bible says that Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now you think about that. You know what Moses said? Moses said, I'd rather have the worst of what comes to the Christian than to have the best of what comes to the world. 
Can I tell you? Many times, we're not willing to make that statement. You know why? Because we don't truly want to know Christ like we should. And we're not really serious about running the race like we should be. We just are in it because it's easy. We're in it because our friends are in it. We're in it because, hey, it kind of sounded like a good thing to do. But I want to tell you, running the race takes some commitment. And it takes a commitment to a relationship. The relationship of knowing Christ. I want to ask you this evening, how well do you know Christ? Have you talked to him today? Have you let him talk to you? My wife and I have made this statement many times throughout the years. And of course, whenever we have a, a tour group that comes to visit, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chuckle and we'll tell stories with the tour groups. But we traveled uh, for nine years. We traveled with groups. And we always said, if you want to get to know somebody real good, go on a road trip with them. And uh, we just took a road trip. Our family took the road trip to Kansas, about a thousand miles each way. And you're in a van the entire way. And you're in a motel. You're piled in a motel. And, you, and I tell you, you really get to, you get to be together, you know, up close and personal and the good, the bad and all that. But can I tell you, I think sometimes a lot of people, they talk about Christ, but they don't really know him. They don't really spend time with him. Maybe an hour or two on Sunday, they'll hear some preaching, and they'll sing some songs. But I want to tell you, a relationship with Christ is more than one day a week. A relationship with Christ is every day. Saying, I want to know Christ. And the more you know Him, the more you'll love Him. And the more you know Him and the more you love Him, the more you'll say, I want to serve Him. And I want to keep running. And I want to press toward the mark. My dad used to sing the song, and I've, I've heard it a few other places, but my dad used to sing the song. Uh, it's an old song, but he'd sing, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I just keep falling in love with him over and over and over again. I want to encourage you tonight. Would you fall in love with Jesus again. Say, oh, I love Jesus. Good. I'm glad. I hope you do. But the more you spend time with him, the more you know him, the more you love him. The more you love him, the sweeter he'll get. And the easier it will be for all of us to run the race and press toward the mark when we say, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about following a list of rules. Although if you, if you love Christ, there's going to be some things you won't do. There's going to be some things you'll give up. I'm not talking about uh, a, a religion. I'm not talking about, oh, you got to join the church. You got to do this. You got to follow this. And that. I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about something so much better. I'm talking about a relationship that you have between you and Jesus. Not your parents, not your friends, not your Sunday school teacher, not your pastor, but it's you and Jesus. And if we're going to run the race, we're going to have to know Him, and we're going to have to love Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.